All right. Welcome to the Zeitgeist Lab Collections. Yeah. You remember yeah. the name? What? I didn't forget the name. No, I didn't. Yeah, good job. I, last time. I just blanked on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're talking about community still. Alex, how are you doing tonight? I'm I'm doing okay. Uh, last time we talked, I was feeling kind of shitty. It turned out it was like the night before I got a really bad head cold, so I've kind of been down and out for for this week. But I'm I'm feeling feeling better now, so I'm I'm excited to be here. That's good. I have never been. Hey, you fuck off. Dude, I have fuck never off. been more Dude, ready. Fuck off. Oh, she's she's gone. She's gone. She's playing with her toys now. She's playing on the toilet? No, she's playing with her toys now. Oh, okay. What kind of toys do you have for her? Uh, we got the thing with the ball that spins in, that, you, that she pushes in a circle. Okay, okay. With the little scratching material in the middle of the circle. So she still has her claws then? Oh, yeah. She's not declawed, no. Anyway, as I was saying, I've never been more ready to record. Is that right? You've never been more ready. I got my CBD water. I got a blunt and a half. I got my chips. You're dealing with Smooth Brian tonight. Smooth Brian? Yeah, we we got the CBD water. We got the weed. Is Smooth Brian anything like um, real Neil with the pipes of steel? Good reference to tonight's episode, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I, I, I've been enjoying the CBD water and the weed all day. So, now you what guys, are the what are the benefits of the right. CBD water? What's that? What what benefits do you get from the CBD water? It really it just really mellows you out, you know. Just it gives you like a like a body calmness. Yeah, I don't like. I'm still confused by the CBD thing because I've you know I've seen lots of studies and heard people talk about how it can help with things like anxiety. But I guess I also don't understand how if it's not mind-altering, right? Like, because it doesn't get you high, like THC. No. And, like, other things that calm you down, like, um, the first thing that comes to mind would be, like, Ativan, right? I don't know. That's mind-altering, right? So I don't I don't see how CBD does it without being, um, doing something. I guess I just don't understand is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know a ton about it, honestly about CBD, but I, I just know that it really gives you a calm mind and a calm body. Now, does, but, um, so does, like, does smoking weed not do that for you, or does it do it differently? Like, I, I understand that the weed gets you high, but doesn't it also help relax you and calm you, or no? Depending on the, depending on the type of, and the strain of it. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm smoking green crack, which is more of a sativa, which is more of, like, a heady high. Yeah. So it's more mind altering for sure, less of a body high. Oh yeah, I forgot. To, I forgot to tell you off mic. Um, we 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 reached a thousand tweets today from our account. Oh nice. Yeah. Um, how many of those are yours? It doesn't really break it down. Well, I thought you maybe maybe you would do that. Yeah, I'm gonna go through all thousand and like tally one for you, tally all caps for me. Tally one for you, tally me, tally well, I mean, you. With all your free time, I thought maybe you, you say you're going to, you know, 
do stuff to enhance the pod experience. And I think our listeners would really like to know what percentage of <laughs> tweets are from you versus me. What do you th- what do you think it is? I think it's like sixty forty. For you? Yeah, me yeah, sixty. At, at, at least, if not more. I yeah, kind of. You, you do take these hiatuses. Hi, hi, hiati. What is that? Yeah, hiati. Even when I haven't been, I haven't tweeted as much from a pod account. I just, I don't like. I don't want to discount you because I, I'm enjoying this season, but I don't have as much to say as I did about our last one, so I'm not as frequently on yeah. there. Um, McRib is out of season for right now, so I can't really tweet about that. So I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with the pod Twitter account um, at this time. Yeah. Aside from try to rein in your ridiculous talk about uh, Milwaukee sports or Madison. No, yeah, Milwaukee, Milwaukee sports. Let's check on the fuck score really quick. I had it pinned on my phone, but I got rid of it just to focus on the pod. But here I am taking time out of the pod to look up the score. I'm sure this will get cut out. Oh, shit. Tied. tied with 5.40 to go. In the fourth quarter? Yep. Anyway, that's sports talk, 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 talk. <laughs> sports talk. Um. Oh, yeah. So, as I was saying, speaking of our Twitter, I told everyone that we're recording a banger of an episode tonight, so it's not disappoint. Okay. And uh, I asked if, if I asked the, our audience if, if they wanted our takes on anything, and we got one response. And 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 we asked this question either. That was our thousandth tweet, by the way. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let me guess. It was. Um... Uh, I'm going to guess that it was toes.exe looking for some take on some stupid shit about, like, I don't know, what was that one band she wanted us to talk about, Jet? So I'm guessing it's something like that. You're really close. You're really close. It is. It was from Toes. And Toes wants to hear Alex's review of David Comes to Life. Ah, Did you listen to David Comes to Life? I've started a number of times. Um, so it's it's a it's a lengthy album, and I want like. So I'm not a hardcore person, you know this, Brian. Um, but no, you're I've, not. Yeah, I've heard so many great things about this album uh, from various sources, uh, Toes being one of them, and then I, um, for some reason, I decide to listen to. Um, turned out a punk which is hosted by Damien Damien, from Fucked Up, because I wanted to listen to his episode with Nate Roos, even though it's like a few months old at this point. I was like, oh yeah, I want to go back and listen. Of course, uh, David Comes to Life comes up in that episode. And so I was like, maybe I should listen to it, because I do do like... I, I think concept albums can be done well. I like music that tells a story like songs that tell stories and when it's like a a larger story in one album I find that really interesting but it just wasn't something like it's just not my type of music um so I was like yeah maybe I should listen to it so I I had posed a question on Twitter a few weeks ago like yeah should I listen to it and uh Toes uh, like she reached out to me directly through like DM 
and just kind of told me why the album meant so much much to her and some different things to think about and you know, how great the story is and how the songs stand out, like how they're songs that can stand by themselves. Um, so I, I I really wanted to listen to it. I read the Wikipedia about it. And um, <laughs> because I'm like a sucker for spoilers, I just like read the whole explanation of the story. I don't know how much that really matters. But I've tried to start listening to it. But every time I do, it's usually at work and I get pulled away or something. And then I come back and I'm like, oh, I should start over. So what I've listened to, the music, I think, is actually really phenomenal and not not what I typically associate with hardcore. Like, it's got, like, that that feel to it, but it's it's more melodic and it's more um, it's more intricate than I would expect. Yeah, more it's not. And some of some of our listeners from behind the paywall may know that I, I my understanding about hardcore was that it was just um, international superheroes of hardcore singing about seatbelts and like shit like that that's what i thought hardcore was i'm still just not a fan of hardcore vocals like i just don't like the screaming and and uh it's true that i can understand a lot of what damien's saying which is more than i can say for a lot of hardcore music i've listened to but it's still it just the vocals just kind of ruin it for me but i I do want to finish the album at some point soon because it's it's interesting enough well, there you go, Toast.exe. That is Alex's take of fucked ups. Here it comes what, to life. What's your take? Because I feel like when I posed that question, you said, like, no, like, don't, don't bother listening to it. I don't, uh, my opinion on fucked up is that their early singles were really good. Their first album, Hidden World, was really good. And then they kind of fell off after that. For okay. Me. Like, the police seven inch is really, really fucking good. Um, all their early seven inches are really good, but then then they then they branched off and tried doing all this extra shit, like on like on David comes to life, and it's like not for me. It's like too, it's too listenable. Yeah, it's too listenable. Okay, I yeah. thought, I don't remember who it was. Also said like, I wish I could remember what they said, but they're like just put on headphones and out of one ear to be listening to indie rock, and out of the other ear be listening to like death metal or something. And I was like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. But then, like, as I was listening to the album, I was like, oh, I totally, I get yeah. that now. Like, that is kind of... It's two extremes coming together. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, and I'd rather them just be one extreme and not branch off into indie rock like they've done on subsequent albums. They have a song, they have a song that's got, like, a disco beat on their last album. Okay. And it's like, it's like, it's almost like a, it's a borderline disco song. So you don't like bands that experiment, is what you're. Oh no, about. I do, I do. It's just not, not with, not in hardcore. I, I, I like, I like straightforward hardcore more than anything. Which is weird because my favorite, which is weird because my favorite band, Ceremony, started as a hardcore band and then never made the same album twice. Mm-hmm. So I do like when some hardcore bands experiment, but fucked up. I didn't, I didn't care for their attempts okay. at it. Yeah. But Ceremony is a different band who like who've done like a different style of like punk or hardcore or any like and it's many subgenres on each album pretty much. Gotcha. Like their last album's like a new wave album. And they first started playing power violence. So New Wave's still a thing. Yeah, like that's like yeah, like synthy kind of punk, sorta. Hmm, okay. Like hello goodbye. 
No, not like Hello Goodbye. But like it's got like a huge 80s influence. Interesting. On, on the last album. I, okay. I you should check that one out. It's in the spirit world now, it's called. Okay. But yeah, oh, and then also Toes wanted to know our takes on summer. The season oh, of summer. Of the season of summer. I yeah. think the season of summer is great. I think it's uh it, well, I don't know. Summer can be good, but it's too fucking hot these days. Fucking humans and your global warming making summer unbearable. And, like, honestly, the month of August is a dog shit month, no matter what. It's just too fucking hot. That's 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 my birthday month. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do have... Yeah, I... That's, that explains why I generally have dog shit birthdays. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, if I recall some of the things you told me last week, maybe one of the reasons you have dog shit birthdays is alcohol. Yeah, that was that, uh, <laughs> that was a factor in one of them. Um, although the one my thirtieth birthday was pretty cool. That's that's the one I was talking about last week. Thirtieth birthday, the one where you black out and. Wasn't, oh, yeah. wasn't that one where you're like vomiting in someone's bathroom and you thought you dreamed it? No, 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 no that wasn't my house. No. Oh, okay. Oh, there's a cat. Yeah, there's my cat. You don't tell your cat to fuck off when you're recording. No, it's not bothering me. Yeah, and Doom doesn't bother me either, but I just, I just don't want her in my area when I'm recording. I don't know why. It's just like she knows. I, I think it's more of like a discipline thing. Or it's like oh, she, yeah. After eleven years, there's no disciplining this thing. This cat's just a piece of shit, and he knows it. So <laughs> he's the real boss around here. Yeah. What's that cat's name? Mister Tumnus. Mister what? Tumnus. Tumnus. It's a character from Narnia. Oh, Mister Tumnus. Yeah, it's one of my wife's favorite books. She actually had this cat when we started dating. So he oh, still wow. hates me. He still resents the hell out of me. Because he liked it when it was just him and Daisy, and it's just gotten worse. First I came along, then a second cat, then a third cat, then two kids, so. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, uh, I like the summer. I, I like, but I, I like, but as as a fat, as a fat man, um, I don't thrive in the summer. I sweat too much. So I that's why I swear antiperspirant. Well, yeah, I know, but like I, I sweat right through that too. Okay. I go for long walks sometimes, and I just, just ugh, when I come home, I'm just disgusting. Even yeah. if I'm sitting in my apartment with, and I don't have the air conditioning on, I'm just I'm just sweating like just disgusting. Yeah. But uh. But yeah, I mean, that's why I didn't mind spending the last quarantine summer indoors. You know, I, I, that was that was a time when I really did thrive because I didn't have to get out of the house and sweat all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Are, are, are summers hot in Wisconsin? Oh, yeah. But it's been really nice lately. We got we finally got some rain after a heat wave where it was getting up to 93, 94. Okay. It's been like 60, 70 the last week or so. Well, that sounds really nice. Oh, yeah. It's been it's been pretty nice. 
but yeah, it's I, I, but August is probably going to be gross. Yeah, I have a feeling, as it always is. Mm-hmm. Is summer your favorite month, or or sorry, season? Or yeah, I like spring a lot more. Yeah, spring's good. Spring's nice. That's that's still you don't have to deal with the oppressive heat, and you're kind of like I like the resolved mint of winter. You know, I like watching the snow melts. Yeah. Not that I actually sit outside and watch it melt. I mean, like, like a weirdo, but <laughs> I, I like, I like watch, I like watching it disappear over time. Especially sure since it I, makes way for spring. What were you saying? I was just saying that winter makes way for spring. Exactly. Oh yeah. Okay. So one more thing to get out of the way before we get into the meat of the episode. Last week. Oh, here comes Doom. No, Doom. Fuck off. Fuck off. You know you can't be in here. This is how you treat a cat. You love a cat and just let it do whatever it wants. Anyway. <laughs> So as I was saying last week, or no, as as, uh, as per what happened last week, we uh, um, as you know, we messaged a girl I matched with on on Hinge. Uh huh. And I told her what the podcast was about. I told her about Blink One Fifty Five. Okay. And I heard back. Yes. And it's going pretty good. Good. Has she listened to our podcast yet? What's that? Has she listened to our podcast yet? No. She I, I haven't told her the name of it. I just told her what it's about. Okay. But she does like Blink. She likes Topage. Toy Outline songs. See, it's Toy Page. There's a Y. I saw you talking about this in our Discord server earlier, and I thought you left off the Y as a typo. Oh, but now shit. you're here pronouncing it Topage. Yeah, it's take off pants and jacket. Take off your pants and jacket. My pants? Why would I do that? <laughs> no, that's the name of the album. <laughs> that is a Y. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so community. Do we want to talk about it this episode? I think I'm good actually. I mean we've got a guest, so maybe we should just do what we did last time we had a guest, which is just like not talk about the episode until the guest shows up. Podcasting jazz, I like it. Yeah. Yes, and <laughs> I mean, okay, we can, we can touch on it briefly. Did you actually watch it this time? I did. Okay, okay, so I forgot this was part two of like a two-part episode. Like, I think it stands time. alone. On, I think it stands on its own just fine. Yeah, I think it's I, like I, when I watched it, you know, like through, I like I kind of thought that way too. But but yeah, I, I felt like I, I felt like I fucked up again. <laughs> I don't. I think this is 
a brilliant episode, much better than the part one of it. Um, this was, I believe, one of the few episodes that was on my original list of community episodes that was also on yours. So I think it's a great choice. And I, I mean, yeah, I think it, it doesn't matter that it's a, the second part of a two part episode. I think if anything, I would just call it like the 18th part of a 23 part episode, because that's what season three feels like. Oh. Those numbers I just made up. So please no one look up to verify if either of those numbers are right. Cause they're probably it's, not, it's but not, it's definitely not. 23 episodes. Well, maybe. I don't know. Someone's going to tell us the, the right answer. That's mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think this is a phenomenal episode of television, actually. And I would definitely give it an A. Yeah, oh, absolutely. This is this is but the like, show at its best. <clears throat> but when I, when I felt, when I kind of, when I was watching it, and I felt like, oh, shit, they're kind of recapping what happened before. Uh-huh. Like this, is, this is a two-part episode, and I picked the second part, and I was like, God damn it, I fucked up again. <laughs> Which just also makes me wonder, why did you pick it then? Like, do you just not remember these episodes, and then you just pick them? I knew Pillows and Blankets was, like, the, like, episode. I I, I, I wanted to talk about that, that storyline, at the very least. Uh-huh. It was one of those, it's, like, it's very similar to, like, a paintball episode where it's like the school turns into like kind of like a whole different world, you know? Yeah. Uh huh. What I thought was really interesting about this one, among other things, is that it's another documentary episode, but it's the only documentary episode that isn't being made by Abed, and that's because he's like one of the main characters in in the plot line. Yeah, I, I had that note too, actually. Um, so I thought it was interesting that they they used the mockumentary style again. Um, I think it, I think it was served really well in this instance, but because of the story, it couldn't be told the way that um, that they usually choose to, which is kind of through the lens of Abed. Right, right. Um, yeah, this is documentary season. Because uh, last week's episode was was also a documentary. Yeah, I think there was. I think when you get the Abed ones, such as uh, wedding videography, which we talked about, or the one we talked about last week, um, they're more. Damn, it's a uh, documentary season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know how I necessarily describe them, but this felt more like a real documentary, and I think it's supposed to be a. Um, know an homage to like ken burns type documentaries but it had like the the actual narration by you know a narrator Uh, it had like the the musical cues in the background um and it was presented almost like a civil war documentary is kind of the feel i get with like the uh uh, kind of the string um string orchestration of music in the background and like the the guy with the really deep voice like (laughs) <laughs> doing the narration so i think it's it's for the best that they didn't have the opportunity to do this as a as an abed documentary right yeah it wouldn't have been as enjoyable it's, it definitely it definitely sets it yeah it sets itself apart that way um yeah mm-hmm. yeah so let's see what what are my other notes here uh, 
I love how this episode makes fun of Britta a lot, which I really, which I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize I didn't realize until recently how much the show makes fun of Britta. In really? The yeah. Like every yeah, like it's everything is like a, a joke against her. Like every time she opens yeah. her, mouth, like she's saying something completely stupid. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then the the show itself just makes fun of her so much, which I I never really thought about until now. I don't know why it took me that long to realize that. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's the butt of all the jokes. Yeah, but it, like she. And like they try to change, they kind of try to change that a little bit when her and Troy start dating. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, but that's like season four, and season four is just kind of a fucking nightmare anyway. It's like it's aside from her dating people, it's, they seem and and making fun of her. It didn't seem like they knew what to do with her. Yeah. Know, well, that's why I think like the whole dating Troy thing is hard because. I feel like normally on the show, whenever she dates people, they're just like these complete losers or weirdos, and obviously Troy is not, so then they try to like juxtapose it as like them in a normal relationship. I just think that's like one of the major things in season four that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really like Shirley in this episode a lot. I like when she's um, yeah. texting her husband. Hey, like sugar, boots. sugar Boots. Sugar Boots, yeah. I got my notes. I love that. Um, yeah, I thought that was adorable. And then the way she's like such a beast in that in the actual war. Like, <laughs> secret. I mean, we know that about her already, though. Um, she's the very paintball, much yeah. like that from the, yeah, in the paintball episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like... The, during this this podcast, I'm starting to realize that Shirley might be low key my favorite character. Really? Okay. Well, that's yeah, a bridge just... too far. I'm sorry. She's she's okay. Or is it seven? The Greendale six or seven? Seven, I think. I don't. Of 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 all the characters, yeah. The study group, I should say. I think she's still my least favorite. Really? Oh yeah. Uh, it's it's not really even close. Wow. <laughs> I'd say, I mean, it's like Jeff, Britta, Pierce, Abed, Annie, Troy, Shirley. Interesting. Oh, that makes wow. me sound really racist now that I like hear the <laughs> list out loud. <laughs> Look, Troy and Troy and Shirley are great. You said it, not me. <laughs> I think Troy, Troy's one that I struggle with a lot. Um, I think when utilized correctly, he's maybe actually the best character, but so often he's just not utilized well. Yeah, if I had to rank him, I'd go Shirley, Abed. Actually, no, I, I have to go with Abed, number one. Shirley, two. Um, Pierce three, Troy four, Jeff five, Andy six, and Britta seven. Okay. I'm now wondering if I remembered to say Annie. I don't know. 
Yeah, I almost forgot her too. <laughs> she's another one. She can be really annoying, but she's pretty integral a lot of the time as well. I don't find her annoying or anything. I just I also I, I also think they didn't really give her too much to to do in the, in this and throughout the whole series, I think. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I, I still think this is an incredible show. Still one of my favorites. But if anything, um this exercise that we've been doing for however many episodes now has actually made me think that maybe the show is not as great as I thought. Hmm. Once you're kind of just finally just letting all these takes out. I guess. But you haven't really, yeah, just. And like maybe realizing that some of the things I like about it are actually quite problematic. Um, which is, okay, you know. Like what? Like. I mean, just if I ever get around to uh, dropping the advanced gay episode, I just feel like a lot of the things I said that I liked about that episode are actually problematic. Or just the oh, fact that I actually like really like that episode is problematic. Um, but yeah, I don't I just, it's not, I always thought, you know, this is a show that I, like, I really only experienced with my wife and one of our close friends. Um, I've always recommended it but i've never spoken at length about it and i just thought i thought i'd have more things to say about it or things i really needed to say and i find um i find sometimes it's hard for me to get traction on talking about some of these things uh, and maybe to me that's like a sign that oh maybe the show's not that, that great yeah i think um i'm st- i'm starting to have that revelation as well more so on this episode, because because like, like as I've kind of like sort of revealed through this episode, just kind of you know like where I said like I don't think they fleshed out Britta's character enough or 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 Annie's character enough, and I mentioned how the entire episodes have like not featured Shirley at all. It's like they're kind of they're kind of fighters at least sort of did disservice to its female characters. Mm-hmm. By like not clutching them out as much as like a Pierce or a, an Abed. Uh-huh. I thought it was interesting to see Troy and Abed in a fight for the, for once in the show. Uh-huh. But um, I kind of wish it was more serious. <laughs> like, I, mean, I like. I, I guess. I, 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 feel like I feel like their episode could. No, I mean, not their episode. I feel like their relationship could have, um, like, could have benefited from like a serious fight in the storyline. Like, because they don't really go into that. Because their whole thing is that their like their whole relationship is really like it's like silly and lighthearted, you know? Right. But I think it could have benefited from going in a darker direction. Yeah, and I guess it kind of does, sort of like when, when Abbott had to deal with the reality of Troy leaving. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I I thought this, but it it kind of hints at that a little bit when when they reveal like what. Abbott wrote in his email about Troy. Yeah, yeah, that's there's definitely some some stuff in there. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah. Um, um, I like the magical friendship hat bit. Was re- I thought that was really good. Yeah. And then um, I thought it was interesting that like the episode ends with Jeff and like him starting a journal. I guess. Thought that was kind of weird. I think. Um... Kind of, it's important that he starts a journal or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm now trying to think about other documentary episodes, it being documentary season and all. But like the last one that we talked about uh, last week, it ends with him realizing he wants to get in touch with his dad, uh, or at least he's got things he wants to say to his dad. This one, he starts the journal. I just wonder if how often the documentary episode is used as a chance to uh, push Jeff's emotional maturity in some way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Because, um, like, the episode isn't really about him at all. And then, cut to the end. He's like got feelings all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Nope, doomed. Nope. That's right. Run away. I do kind of feel like a dick now. <laughs> it's like I don't know. It's like I try to I, I, I try to establish boundaries with Doom. Well, I, I think, think that's good. important because I have no boundaries with my cat, and it fucking sucks. Right, yeah, so it's like I think you have to I think you have to establish boundaries with with a cat. But yeah, she's kinda of booger lately. She'll like cry for food. I'll get out of bed in the middle of the night, look at her dish. It's half empty. Or half full, depending on what kind of person you are. Mm-hmm. But there's food in there. There's there's definitely food in there, yeah. Yep, that's how my cats are. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I'm still feeling smooth, so that's what counts. All right, should we see what the AV club has to say? Yeah. All right, we're doing some live googling here. We should. There should be a live googling theme song. Yeah, you've mentioned that before, and um, I'll just tell you I, again I, I, that this I, I, is all getting cut out. So. See, as I was saying that, I'm like, have I said that before? Community. But I, I thought that if we uh, we had a, a live Google theme song, that that would make it that would make you not have to cut it out because there, there's music instead. Mm-hmm. Instead so it of takes silence. just as long to find the music and put it over that as it does for me to just cut it out. Yeah, that's true. Alright, so we found pillows and blankets. 
Navy Club review after doing some live Googling, which Alex doesn't want a theme song for because it's just as much work as cutting it out. See, I'm, 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 still, I'm still telling the audience what you're cutting out. So. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I could also cut that out. Like, everything is editable. That's true. You, you truly are the god of the podcast. The god of the podcast. So, Baby Club agrees with us that this is an A episode. Fuck yeah. Indeed. Okay, so the first sentence here and then the last sentence, as we, you know, how we do here. All right, hold on. The greatest danger with community stunt episodes has always been that the joke will simply become, can you believe we're doing that? There's a point in Pillows and Blankets which is rather impressively committed to its PBS documentary aesthetic, where it seems like the whole artifice is going to crumble underneath the strain of making everything PBS-y. That was a really long first sentence. Are you sure that was just one sentence? Uh, it was one or two. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, and then the last sentence... Time will tell, but pillows and blankets is a satisfying starting point. Okay. Um, let's see what if we, what else can we squeeze out of this article. Still haven't heard back from our friend on Twitter. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, I'd like to know some other points that she makes here. What if you read the article before we recorded? What if? What if? Hey, I, I take notes while I'm watching. Yeah. So I, I, I bring that to the table. The stunt episodes always work best when they come up with some character peg to hang everything on. And I was pleased and surprised to find the show was going to take Troy and Abed's feud fairly seriously. The two characters in their argument had gotten a bit lost in the midst of the conceit, but there at the midpoint in the episode found them again, and it became much better. So I think that kind of speaks to what you were saying about you wanted it to be, um, it could have been darker in tone, like kind of a a, a silly uh, subject to base a feud around. But then, you know, we get the email, and um, and to, to Emily's point, um, they take the feud seriously, and that, I think... I think she kind of sums it up perfectly when she says that, like they they have this peg that they hang it all on, and you can almost a lot of these episodes. See, this is I think that she's actually brilliant. I think that she knows what she's talking about because just like that one sentence that I just read, I can think of a lot of episodes where it's almost like I mean, peg is an interesting term, I guess, but like if you just think of like the episode as hanging on something, whatever that is, and it's like this pendulum swinging back and forth. And like just when you think they've run out of something or when it's just not working, it swings back the other way into something that really works. Like I okay, like I'm totally sold on Emily and her point of view, and like her her ratings or uh, grades may not always be right, but I think I think she understands what this show is about and what it's attempting to do. Oh, for sure, yeah. 
basically giving her shit on her podcast because she might never listen to it. Mm-hmm. Or she may have listened to it, and that's why she's not written you back. Yeah, maybe she knew about us before we even reached out. Well, probably not, but maybe after you reached out, <laughs> she was like, oh, what is this podcast? And then she listened and just heard uh, you tearing have, her apart. We, we haven't, and I, by we, I mean I haven't said anything too horrible about her, have I? I don't know. <laughs> I respect your point of view. I, I, I think I've complained about her writing style. Yeah. Before. Mm-hmm. That's because I'm not I'm not much of a reader these days. I don't have the attention span for it. Do you have any final thoughts about the episode? This episode fucking kicks ass. And I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to talk to our guests about it. Because when I told him this is the episode we're doing, he said it was very exciting. Or he was very excited because he thinks it's a good one. So I'm excited to get his, his thoughts on it. Nice. Yeah. Um, let's see, do I have any final thoughts? Do I have any final notes? Not really, no. All right, so, yeah, so, as as usual, I don't know how to end these. Um, uh, don't declaw your cats. That's, that's my point. That's wrong. Message. I mean, I declawed all my cats. <laughs> you should definitely declaw your cats. It's just their front knuckle who gives a shit. They're fine. <laughs> that's not my parting message i don't want i don't want that to be my parting message now i don't want to i don't want it to be a disagreement yeah thanks for thanks for listening um we'll see you next time oh and and be sure to listen to this interview we got coming up all right welcome to the zeitgeist lab uh jordan lane our guest this week jordan how are you doing doing well how about you guys good doing well yeah so we um, we invited you on to talk about community. I think it was maybe about a month ago. Um, someone on Twitter that goes by Pan Blue Ray. I don't I don't even know the user's actual name, uh, but he he's always giving us different suggestions on how to make our podcast better. I guess he's he's quite the podcast critic, and uh, he he suggested having having you on to discuss community with us, and uh, we finally were able to reach out and make that happen. So thank you for joining us, and I'm glad that uh, someone had the, the great idea to, to put us in contact with you about this. Well, I love the sound of my own voice and I love the television <laughs> program community. So I'm happy to be here. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So, okay. So what is, what is your relationship with community? Is it, is it a show that you watched at the time it came out? Is it something you found later? Um, like, what, what are your thoughts on the show um, just at large? Well, it was something that kind of, uh, I, I didn't see it first run because I haven't had broadcast TV, you know, in decades. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, when when it arrived on Netflix in Canada, that was kind of where I saw it. And um, yeah, I really liked it for a few reasons. Um, I love ensemble cast stuff. Um, I, you know, I really like things where, um, you know, they're kind of lampshading uh, tropes, breaking that fourth wall. It's a very kind of postmodern meta kind of uh, setup on that show, which I like a lot. Um, and yeah, I also really just, I love, uh, the character Abed and the relationship that he and Troy have, I think is like a really great, um, 
I think it's, you know, other people than me are better qualified to talk about this stuff, but it was a really cool representation of, um, Abed was, uh, a really cool representation of autism um, on television and, you know, kind of something that before you'd only seen like these kinds of characters um, that were like savant autists, basically. Right. And what I like about how they portray Hobbit on there is like, he's super smart and he's also, uh, you know, he, he fucks up and makes mistakes in the same way that everybody else does. Like right. he's not a, a robot superhero. Um, but yeah, and then I really just, I really like how uh, Troy, you know, they just both accept each other for who they are. They have a really great friendship um, where they kind of don't like, yeah, th this is my friend and he's he's a little bit unconventional and we're going to do things to kind of like um, honor that and show up for him that way. Like the uh, uh, Pulp Fiction birthday party is a really great example of that. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. So we're we're here to talk about the episode specifically, Pillows and Blankets, which is, I think, a great one for someone who really appreciates Abed and specifically his friendship with Troy. Um, so as someone who who's a fan of, of that relationship on the show, what do you like what do you make of of this episode and this kind of story arc um, where they, they, they're kind of drifting apart and um, I think maybe Troy is kind of saying, you know, Abed, you, you don't have any friends because of a lot of things you've just said, like this, you know, being somewhere on the spectrum and then Abed basically telling Troy, uh, it's, it's just the back and forth of the episode. Like, what do you make of this? How do you feel this fits into the, the broader scheme of their relationship? Um, that's an interesting question. Uh, I think that this, this is a kind of... Um, yeah, uh, I think it really shows that relationship and how um, when they kind of get focused on their own thing, and especially Abed, kind of like you, you almost focus on that stuff to the um, the detriment of the other stuff that's going on around in you. And again, that's something that I can relate to is like yeah. really focusing on one sort of area in my life or whatever, and you just kind of lose track of everything that's going on in the outside world. Um, or maybe you don't have as much kind of awareness of how that stuff is affecting people in your life. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's a cool episode um, that they kind of um, show obviously the conflict and then people changing sides, of course, which is very right. funny. Um, and uh, yeah, but, but then, you know, obviously kind of ironing it out by the end with um, Jeff's quote unquote help uh, manipulation, right. maybe is a better word, but uh, you know, that's, that's his role in the show. So <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Um, what do you like? I think you kind of said it, it lamp like the show lampshades a lot of you know different tropes and uh, archetypes and things like that. How do you think they handled this kind of send up of like the Ken Burns PBS documentary type thing? Like, do you think it was well executed, or did it was it did they not have enough to work with, or? Um, to be honest, I, I am not a huge Ken Burns fan, so I really don't kind of have like a lot of, um, uh, a lot, like a dog in the fight of whether they honored his legacy or whatever. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it's, because it like, I, while I find this episode really funny and I really enjoyed it, I didn't laugh out loud the way that I usually do when I'm kind of watching this show. And I think that that is one of the downsides of this episode is that so much of it is is narration and these kind of pan cuts um, and these jokes to keep it in the Ken Burns context. But what then we don't get that much is 
that much of the kind of individual characters um, playing themselves. Uh, it's more like, uh, you know, they get, the, the narrator explained what's going on and they get kind of one quip or whatever, but there's not a whole right. lot of um, in-character moments, which maybe, yeah, um, again, it's not that I didn't find it funny, but it's just not as, as ha-ha funny as it kind of usually is. Yeah, I think, yeah, that makes sense. And I think maybe to its detriment, it relies too much on the narration and the narrator for jokes. Like there's the one part where they're talking about like the name of the cafeteria and how it's actually based on someone who has that name, but it's like the wrong, the North and the East and all that stuff. And it's like, that's, that's funny. But when you're relying on like a narrator, you don't see who's not part of the show is like one of your, like the main gags, then maybe you kind of start to, to suffer a little bit with mm. the, with the comedic value of it. Um, is this a show is that you've gone back and watched multiple times or have you just kind of watched through it once? Cause one thing that Brian and I have noticed is that, and I mean, we had the same experience with our topic for the first season, or at least I did, is that these topics we've chosen to talk about, we appreciate, but it's almost like maybe talking at them at such length has caused us to realize they're not as great as we thought. And so I'm just wondering if your opinion on, on community has changed over time. It sounds like maybe you haven't been with it for as long. Um, I don't know when Canada got uh, community <laughs> on Netflix, but. It would have been, um, I feel like at least, because these like this episode, season three, this would have been about a decade ago, right? Yeah, 2011. Maybe longer? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, that that's, I feel like that would have been about when I saw this stuff was like, yeah, 2012, 13, somewhere around there. Okay, okay. And yeah, so I watched through like the first four seasons a couple of times, but this was the first time that I've revisited the show probably in the last, uh, probably two, maybe three years. Um, so okay. it has been for me, yeah. And do you feel like it held up at all? Or is it is it starting to fade now that we're getting, you know, time is advancing and not all shows age great. And I... I'm starting to realize that maybe this is one that does not age as well as I had hoped. Uh, the few episodes that I've watched this week, um, I really enjoyed all of them. I think that like, yeah, there's some of that stuff that's obviously dated, um, you know, like um, just, just, yeah, I, I feel like what doesn't maybe work for me as much is kind of um, the meanness of it sometimes like that doesn't happen that often but there is that kind of like that little bit of 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 like 2000s uh kind of meanness to it um but that's primarily the jeff character and he's of course written to be a piece of shit so you you get like a a a bit of a, a bit of leeway that way um but yeah there's like uh hmm yeah i don't know there's obviously some like uh i feel like there's there's some body body shape weight jokes on there and stuff like that that kind of maybe haven't played that well but um yeah where i do think it shines is is in really kind of like um humanizing all of its characters for better and worse like nobody that you see on the show is 100 percent good or 100 percent bad they're all like right. complicated people um but yeah what's also interesting is seeing kind of i, I think of like there's what I refer to as like the Joss Whedon effect that has happened in dialogue and movies uh, ever since kind of his ascension, where it's just like, you know, after Buffy did the musical episode, every fucking network show had to have a musical episode once a season. And after Joss Whedon started doing all these superhero movies, suddenly every fucking hero in every movie is talking like a Joss Whedon character. It's got, you know, you got to have like these little punchy setups and the one throwaway. 
And I feel like there's some of that in, um, I feel like there's to a lesser degree, so many people who have taken and ran with kind of Dan Harmon's style that that might be part of why it doesn't grab as much anymore. It's because you go back and watch this stuff and you're like, this is good. And I've also seen it imitated like a half dozen shittier ways since then. Right. So yeah. the original doesn't kind of hit with as much punch. Okay. Yeah, I, that makes sense. And I think it's interesting you bring up like the superhero thing. I always find it fascinating because especially these first three seasons, a lot of them were directed by the Russo brothers who went on to direct mm. a few movies in the Marvel universe, I guess. I'm not a comic book or superhero guy, so I don't, I'm not yeah, going to pretend either. to know anything about any of those movies. But I always thought it was interesting that um, like the main directors for these first three seasons ended up kind of in that universe. I didn't know that. Um, okay, so you said you had watched a few other episodes, uh, maybe getting ready for this or maybe for some other reason. What what other episodes did you watch, if, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I'm just curious which yeah, ones no, it was, you went uh, back to. I'm just going to figure that out right here because um, I actually can't. I'm terrible with titles. Um, okay. I watched the uh, Origins of Vampire Mythology, um, so the one with uh, Britta's carney ex-boyfriend oh, yeah uh that oh, one was yeah. quite funny um what else the uh let's see here but sorry foosball and nocturnal vigilantism okay um so a, a few other couple like season three ones basically so that was the one where shirley is really good at foosball and kind of bullies jeff and they go realize that it was like she was his childhood bully. That's a funny ass episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, and I went back and watched the uh, uh, the Ovid's birthday party one or the Pulp Fiction party. So yeah. Okay. Is Maybe that the one where? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good one too. I mean, I think for my money, I think season three mm -hmm. is probably the best of all of the seasons. Like, I just don't think it really misses at all. So I don't think you can go wrong in that season. Mm -hmm. The other one I forgot to go back and rewatch, but I really love is the, um, uh, is it like a Nerf gun fight episode or something like that? Uh, the, paintball? The paintball? Paintball, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that one in a bit. Yeah, yeah that's that a really good one. A couple times. But those are, uh, yeah, the paintball episodes are phenomenal. <laughs> was there um, one of them that was like specifically Star Wars this whole time? One of the paintball ones? Yeah, that would be the... Uh, so, yeah, I think one... Yeah, there's one at the end of the season two that's like specifically a Star Wars one because they do. I think there's like four paintball episodes during the entire series. It's definitely. I think they kind of run it into the ground by the end, but like the first few are definitely really good. <laughs> so okay, so I actually I had a chance today to go and listen to your podcast. You host a podcast called uh, Is it Oh Shit I Have ADHD? Is that do I have the title of that right? Yeah, it's it's holy shit. I have ADHD. Holy that's shit, I have very ADHD. close. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> I, I knew it had the word shit in it, and it was about ADHD. So I'm close. Okay. And I was actually I went back because I think it's it's a fascinating topic, and I was just kind of scrolling through the episodes to see well which one do I want to take a you know kind of a deep dive into, and I found your episode about um, I think you call it like a porous boundaries, and you talk about like. Um, kind of like identity liquefaction and all that sort of stuff. And like this idea of wanting to fit in. Mm -hmm. I think you specifically said like, it, it, like in high school, you didn't have like a clique that you fit into. You were just like, you could hang with the drama kids or the jocks or whatever. Do, what do you see? Like the, any of that that you kind of relate to within community, like within this group, you see this 
Like, is there an overarching theme of like this desire to fit in and how does that kind of, how does, how do you relate to that idea within this show, I guess? Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I, I feel like Jeff is kind of like an archetypal floater. Um, he, he just seems like the kind of guy who has his fingers in a lot of pies, a lot of different kind of friend groups, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, obviously, like I said, he's, he's written to be kind of a shitty person, right. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but that was, you know, I, I can definitely kind of see elements of, of that in myself of kind of like, you know, floating around. Um, and then also, I think that part of the reason that he's, you know, th that he acts the way he is, it's, it's just total insecurity, right? Right. Like it's, absolutely. it's you can deal with insecurity in two ways by kind of like retreating into yourself or by trying to like puff up all the hair on your back and be the biggest cat. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's very much Jeff Winger's approach is like, I'm going to puff myself up. I'm going to like try and get self-esteem from kind of cutting other people down, even my friends and blah, blah, blah. And so it really kind of like you, you, you his friends are people who clearly can see past that and have stuck with him. Um, but that's, yeah, I certainly see a lot of my younger self in that. Um, really? You know, uh, oh yeah, certainly. Like in ter just in terms of like, um, every once in a while I'll, I'll bump into someone that I haven't seen in a while and they'll be like, hey, I was just like, I was thinking about you the other day. Do you remember the time when you, and then inevitably it's some story of me saying something really awful but really funny to someone from like <laughs> okay, 15 yeah. years ago or whatever and i was like right. fuck man like i recognize that that was clearly me like that's funny but that's also awful and i shouldn't right. have said that and it's just yeah. like pure insecurity lashing out just that's all it fucking was <laughs> yeah absolutely and i think that's interesting because like i, I that a lot. yeah i relate to that a lot as well and i think part of po like hosting this podcast has been like an exercise in reining that part of myself in because I can very much still be that person and I can sometimes like get on this microphone and like just feel myself wanting to you know take swings pretty much anywhere I can think to but I'm like well why is that and it's it's almost always insecurity or some sort of coping mechanism with something else that's going on but it's hard because like you said you hear it you're like oh that is funny but then sometimes the joke just isn't worth it, right? Like being an, being an asshole. It doesn't have, like, there are, other, there are better ways to be funny, probably. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So you had mentioned when I said we were going to do this episode, you also asked if we had seen, if either of us had seen a movie called Born, which we have not seen yet. Uh, it stars Alison Brie. What can you, what is, what is it about? I mean, it seems like you recommended this movie. What do we, what, do, what is it about this movie that, makes it worth it because i i want to check it out it's not on any streaming services or else i would have watched it before this but i'm intrigued mm. uh yeah it used to be on netflix canada um, which was how i saw it but uh okay. yeah so basically it's it's kind of so if you're familiar with Rosemary's Baby, um, it's kind of along those lines where basically mm. Alison Brie is kind of being set up to bring this demon baby into the world um, okay. by Denise Crosby uh, from Star Trek, who is like her kind of evil older stepsister. And yeah, and so it's just basically, um, it's a lot of, of Allison alone and a lot of just kind of like Allison alone set pieces of her acting through extremely over the top stuff. Like she's really, she's really fucking throwing everything at this performance because I believe this is her first uh, feature role that she had at mm -hmm. that point. 
And so she's like, God damn it, I'm gonna act my ass off in this piece of shit. And so it's really like, it's it's like Nicolas Cage levels of scenery chewing because again, wow. she, she's trying to do a very difficult job basically by herself. There's not a lot of other people to play off of in the movie. And so right. a large kind of portion of it is like her struggling with this stuff. And like, how do you act and externalize that? What is supposed to be all these kind of like inner emotional conflicts. And yeah, it's like, it's really, it's very, very over the top. And um, I feel like uh, inadvertently funny, um, but also, you know, I, I just respect the pure craft of it, of also just throwing 100% of your energy into something and, and just trying to like make the best of it. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think if there was anything else that I wanted to go over. I know that you, so you have, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe you, uh, you work in fashion to some degree. Is this correct? The fashion yeah. So um, I worked... So, so I worked for a long time for um, Getty Images, and that was how I kind of got into uh, the fashion side. I worked in editorial imagery, and so okay. a large portion of my job was kind of like working with those uh, those assets and working with, you know, brands like Condé Nast to kind of um, uh, make their metadata and keywording better and, and make their assets more saleable. Um, so that was kind of where I got interested in that. Um, and then, yeah, basically 2019, uh, I left my job and started to transition full time into working as an image consultant and a vintage seller. So okay. both of those things are things that I've been doing for, um, well, vintage selling I've been doing for, geez, close to 20 years now. Um, and then uh, I've always kind of done like, you know, friends and family styling and that kind of stuff, yeah, uh, yeah. helping out with people's weddings and whatnot, but never really thought to kind of take it professional until then. Um, so yeah, so that's what I've been doing. And obviously, you know, during the pandemic, it's been a little hard to get that, uh, get that ship sailing to some degree because everybody's right. broken, unemployed, <laughs> but, um, you know, things, things are getting there. So, <laughs> yeah. So is there anything, does anything fashion-wise stick out to you about community? Because I, I know nothing about fashion, that's that's fine, but I always just kind of saw it as if I had to put a word on the fashion and community, it would just be bland. Like there's no, I wouldn't like to even describe community with the word fashion, I think would be laughable, but maybe I'm totally off base. No, I, I think that you're right. I mean, they do they do a, a good job of basically telling you who the characters are through their clothing, okay. um, which is kind of like that. That's kind of the the focus in image consulting and stuff is is like, okay, so who am I? What is the context I'm showing up in, and what are the messages that I want to send to people around me through my clothing? And so, if you look at like Annie, for instance, she's always styled very very conservatively. You know, high necks. Um, uh, or actually that's not true. She's got some boobs poking out here and there. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's like, uh, rib knit tops with a cardigan over top. Um, these kind of very like, um, demure almost, uh, kind of outfits. And that really plays to her characters as, as being like kind of tightly wound and neurotic and all this, but also that repressed sexuality element that they play off of as well. Sure. Right. Um, Britta, of course, has like a more kind of artsy style than Annie or say Shirley does. Um, Pierce is, of course, played like or, or dressed, excuse me, exactly like who he is, which is, you know, a guy in his 60s that, <laughs> you know, wears the khakis and a polo every day. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't think of it as a particularly fashionable show, but I don't think that that's what it's there for. I think that 
um, the, the, the clothes on the show do their part of helping tell us who these characters are. Um, but I don't think it's like, you know, aside from maybe the Dean, you don't ever see like really wild outfits on people. Right. right. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. Um, okay. Did you, were there any questions you had, Brian, that you wanted to, to ask? Um, what, what made you start the podcast? Um, well, uh, so let's see here, November, 2020, um, basically a lot of stuff had been going on in my life and I'd been kind of, um, figuring out. So, okay, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll give you guys the whole kind of story here. So basically <laughs> there was, there's a lot of stuff going on, um, for me since leaving my job in 2019 and, um, a lot of kind of, uh, mental health symptoms and, and, and issues that I was dealing with. And basically all of that stuff led me to get sober, um, August of last year. Um, and then, so, you know, that had been going really well. And then it was like in the fall that year, I kind of was like, man, what is going on? Like all of these things that I thought were, attributable to just fucking smoking way too much weed like memory problems and like uh, all these kinds of things it was like this this stuff is still there like i've been sober for months and like all yeah. of these issues are still there and so that was when um i looked into uh at the suggestion of my counselor the possibility that i might have adhd and so kind of looked that up and did some reading and i ended up reading a book called um Oh shoot. What was it called? Uh, I can't remember right now. <laughs> ADHD. Um, but yeah, so, 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 so basically, uh, read through that and I was like, fuck man, this is me. Like on, like on every page here, this is absolutely me. Um, mm -hmm. and then, so then in November, I ended up reconnecting with my old friend, Robbie, who, um, she was also diagnosed ADHD, like, uh, the month prior or something like that. Oh, so, wow. uh, she's 53 and I'm 38. And so that was basically like, fuck, man, we're going through this really weird, like, it, it's a weird thing to have to, to figure out when you're like, you know, middle aged already. Right. Um, yeah. So we kind of decide, decided to start doing uh, a show about that. Um, and, you know, so far, like, the feedback that we've got has been really positive. Um, there's a lot of people that are hearing it and relating to it, either recently diagnosed people. And then we've also heard from probably close to a dozen people so far that through our podcast have realized that they have ADHD and you wow. know oh, wow. seeking diagnosis or getting help. Um, and that's been, you know, that's just, it, it's so great because it's, it's, it's really scary to kind of put ourselves out there the way that we do on the show. And especially like, you know, sure, the first yeah. episode is basically like us talking about burning out at work and like substance abuse and all of these other kind of things. And so it's, 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 um, yeah, it's scary to be vulnerable like that, but I think that it is really having a positive effect, which of course makes it worth it. So, yeah. Do you, do you think that the, the reason that you were diagnosed in your thirties is because, you know, when, when it may be first presented, it, there's just such a stigma around some of the symptoms and traits of it that it's like, well, I, I need to, you know, I need to try to, you know, power through this or not show these things because uh, there's something quote unquote wrong with me. You don't want to explore those. Or do you honestly think it's just something that got missed as a happenstance? I think that it's largely the latter. Um, okay. So I have uh, inattentive type, which is um, what 
historically people kind of think of as girl ADD. So I wasn't like kind of classically hyperactive and running around a lot of my, a lot of where, where the ADHD symptoms manifest are just mentally. Like it's, my mind is never not just totally racing and going like nine different places at once. Right. Um, and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's really funny um, going back and looking at my old report cards and stuff and seeing how much of this stuff was just right there in the feedback I was getting from teachers. But again, because I wasn't classically kind of hyperactive the way that what was the primarily kind of recognizable version of ADHD when I was still young, um, that was, I think that that was why it got missed. And then, you know, I managed to function fairly normally and, and have like a pretty normal looking career and all that stuff for a long time. Um, right. Because I actually had, you know, a, a job and a work environment and flexibility that um, uh, really is rare for a day job and were actually really great things to have for my ADHD. Like a lot of the time it was, um, you know, working primarily alone, but with a small group, that kind of thing. Um, and, and not a whole lot of kind of like, um, yeah, the, 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 there weren't like aspects of the job that really, um, were hampered by it. It was actually quite beneficial for me in a lot of ways. Um, especially like kind of outside the box thinking, lateral thinking, creativity, all that kind of stuff. So. Gotcha. Well, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, again, thank you for being here and yeah. for talking about community and for kind of, you know, opening up about your story there. I'm really excited to go back and listen to more of your podcasts. Like, there are so many fucking podcasts to listen to. I never know where to start. Like, I'll start some and I'll listen. And, like, I just, I don't know how to fucking keep up. So I'm, I'm sorry that I did not get to yours until today in preparation for this. But it was it was very interesting. I'm looking forward to to going back and exploring some more of the episodes. Um, yeah, I can't wait to listen to more, more of it too because I was I, – we were real earlier on this episode that I have ADHD mm -hmm. as well. So, um, yeah, I can't wait. I was diagnosed um, as, a, as a child though. But um, I think Ed, just by you talking about it just now, I think I also have the, the same kind that you have. The, the, the was it the inattentive? Inattentive, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they recognized it so quickly in me because I wasn't also overly hyper either. So, uh, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 31. Okay. So, it may even just be honestly, I feel like a lot changed just in like the kind of 10 years since I was in elementary school to when the kind of the next generation yeah. did. So, that might have helped. Yeah. And like it's something that I think about a lot because like my ch my son he's five and i like i've never had a kid before and he seems like he's very all over the place a lot of times like he takes him like hours to eat and it seems like he's just not focused and what we talked to his doctor about i'm like well he's kind of young so try these things and it, it to me at least talking to my my son's pediatrician there's not a great way of diagnosing it at least in children so i don't know how how often it's being missed or i mean Maybe if you don't if you don't mind sharing here, what what is the diagnosis process like? Because I think you can read a book like you said and go, oh yeah, this is me. But there's it seems like at some point you've got to get like an official diagnosis, correct? Yeah, um, for me it was very very straightforward. Um, I've had the same uh, doctor since I was five, so it was literally just like I got the recommendation from or I got the suggestion from my counselor. I went to see my doctor and I was like, hey, my counselor thinks you have, I have ADHD, and my doctor was like huh, 
Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. No, I can totally see that. And then like basically started medication uh, that week. Um, So it's, it's, I I think that in the States it's different. Um, And uh, I know the UK and Australia, parts of Europe, it's hard to even get ADHD recognized as like existing in parts of Europe and stuff. Yeah. Um, I've heard from a couple of people in Germany that it's apparently very, very tough to, uh, to get, I guess, the help you need, um, which is interesting, but um, yeah, there's, there's, from what I've heard from other people in the U S and stuff, uh, a lot of people kind of, go through and and have this discussion with their doctor, but then have to go through this whole kind of specialized um, uh, battery of tests to get like the official diagnosis. Um, So I haven't done all those batteries of tests and whatnot. Um, I just got basically the, yeah, that that checks out for my doctor and started medication. So well, that's nice. (laughs) Is that common in Canada have the same doctor like your entire life like that? Or I don't think so. I think okay. it's just kind of largely a fluke because, you know, I moved here when I was five and my doctor was probably just starting her career. And gotcha. so we had the same GP the whole time. So, okay. yeah. yeah, I was just I was wondering because obviously from the States and our healthcare system sucks. And all I know about Canada is, oh, yeah, great healthcare. So I was wondering, like, does everyone just you're born and then you have the same doctor until you die or <laughs> oh, that'd be so great. But uh, sadly, no. Um, but yeah, to, for what it's worth, though, I mean, I, I think that the impression that you guys get of Canadian healthcare is actually a lot better than it is. Um, oh, really? Don't get don't get me wrong. Like everything's free. But for example, like I, I've, I've needed a, an ultrasound on my shoulder for um, well, I've been in physio for close to 12 weeks now. Uh, and basically I got the recommendation for an ultrasound two weeks ago. And that ultrasound is the end of August. Oh, wow. So like, you know, I, I can do my exercises and stuff in the meantime, but I won't be able to really kind of figure it out and get the, uh, therapy that I need until that process happens. Um, so, so the same thing with like, I had another surgery a few years ago and it was like, it's free, but because it's it's not life threatening, I waited I think a year and a half to get it or something. Oh so. <laughs> wow! Okay, geez. All right. Well, free still sounds nice though. So <laughs> don't get me wrong. I, I, love, I love the free. <laughs> right. Do I wish there was like free dental, free eye care, all that stuff? Absolutely. Free mental yeah. health care. I mean, like you know, I spent so much money on on counseling in the last few years. That would have been nice yeah. to have that covered. But for <laughs> sure. And you got to pay for meds too. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, um, is there, so we, we talked about your podcast. Is there anything else that you want to plug or mention here at the end before we wrap this up? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm actually going to, to the chagrin of you and anyone else, uh, who thinks there's too many podcasts, plug another podcast that I have. Um, so I also do, I do, so I'm an improviser. Um, I've been doing that since the late nineties and I do a show called infinite horizons radio, which is basically an improv parody of coast to coast AM and other kind of like late night paranormal call-in shows oh okay um so you know we'll have a guest on that's a ufo expert or or someone who can talk to ghosts or whatever and then just kind of riff for an hour um so that's a lot of fun uh i haven't recorded one of those since january but i'm going to get back on board doing some again real soon but i think okay. there's i think there's 14 or so episodes up already so and is that just you or do you have is it uh, you and a co-host or it's it usually it the guest. Yeah, exactly. It's just me hosting, and then um, whoever I have on uh, my fellow improvisers is, is uh, my guest that day. So yeah. 
Okay. Well, that's, yeah, I wish I had known about that. That sounds fascinating too. I just looked at your Twitter bio and the only one you totally. mentioned is the other one. So, okay. Yeah, no, that one doesn't have a page because um, between me uh, doing that one and getting Twitter was when I kind of uh, stopped doing them for a little bit. I just had okay. to focus my energy into other areas for a bit, but that's a really fun one. So I want to, I definitely want to get back on board soon. So that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. Any, anything else or... That is All it. right. Well, check out check out those two podcasts. Um, and Jordan, again, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, yeah, guys. Good interview. Yeah, thanks for thanks for doing this. Yeah, and thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Nice to nice to hear the sound of my own voice. All right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh.